Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. Um, I'm need to tighten up these intros, everybody. I've been uh, I get a little bit repetitive because you're going to hear this show, and I'm going to say that again. So I'm going to try to change up the way I'm doing the show. Um, I actually didn't want to record an intro for this show, but unfortunately, I had a lot of technical issues this day, and I wish I wouldn't have because this. I'm going to have him on again. This gentleman, um, he's. Just, it was great picking his mind, and, and honestly, I felt like we both bounced some ideas off and gave each other some good ideas, and we really got down to this legalization thing. Um, so it, I think it actually ends off pretty well, the way that the podcast ends. We're going to do some more episodes. I actually tried to re-record and record more to this conversation, but I was having so many issues with my Zoom that day that that didn't even save. So anyways... I hope you guys enjoy this show. Sorry about all the technical difficulties. Sorry about all the technical difficulties. Uh, Mick Man, thank you so much, guys. Make sure you check him out on Twitter. He's at um, Opus420, and uh, check him out on Pot.TV as well. Anyways, guys, thank you so much, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. Um, very, very happy to have this guest on today. He sat down with me and my friend Jason at No Susquehanna on Twitter a um, couple years back when I was still new to the podcasting game. I saw him on this uh, cool Vice documentary about Canadians, uh, Canada's new war on cannabis. And we had him on to talk. He was featured in that documentary. And uh, recently, I've been rebuilding my website, and I was going through my old episodes that I wanted to, to take over, and I, and I found Mick's episode, and I was like, man, I really need to reach out to him, and uh, especially with the recent failed uh, legalization attempt in Ohio, and just uh, now, fuck Harper, you know, he's, he's out of the office, and uh, we talked about that a lot on the last podcast, but uh, Mr. Mick Mann, he's at Opus420 on twitter and mick how else can people follow your work it's at pot tv as well yeah well um i'm with pot tv we have a, a weekly show um and we podcast there we have a uh that's just pot.tv awesome awesome so easy to find. and that's a mondays the 420 lifestyle show uh four to six o'clock four to six p.m on the west coast that's awesome. So that is 7 to 8 p.m. in the East Coast of my time. So everybody, check that out. Um, but Mick, thanks for joining me today. We were, we were talking about this before I hit record. Um, so recently, you know, both of us kind of um, went, we just both, both our countries just had some elections. Ohio, which in a lot of ways is the heart of the United States, and not in the sense of its location, but... We're like a big, small state, and mm -hmm. uh, every we have the most political ads during elections. Uh, the primaries are often spoken about in Ohio oh, all the time, man, all the time. And it's it's 
quite honestly, it's disgusting when you live here <laughs> because <laughs> there's so much information. Uh, but more recently, and this is something that amongst the community in in Ohio for pro cannabis and anti prohibition. There was a bill that came through called that was put forth by some really rich people, Responsible Ohio. It was going to create a crony capitalist cartel system, another one. And a lot of people gave, like, I, I mean, like, it, it cost friendships. It cost probably relationships for people. If people were that divided about this. And um, ultimately, I voted no and I, I, I went against no. And uh, there was, it was, there's still some craziness. Like, now that legalized 2016 is coming about, I've had these two old ladies just trolling my Facebook about about thinking that it's still responsible Ohio, and then think of the children and all this other nonsense that went on in the debate. But you know, one thing for me that was exciting was it it, it was 36 to 60 something. But I think had they had the true support of the full community, like the full support of the full pro cannabis community, it would have passed. And right. I and I think that to me that that's something that's that's cool and and now legislators are talking about we need to do medical right away because the like there was a lot of people in Ohio that weren't going to get money because uh, it was so select few that got in on this big money bill and uh, they created this secondary constitutional amendment that would immediately counteract the legalization I mean, it was it was some really interesting things but we, we were talking about stuff before that um you know any legal is like legalization isn't necessarily you shouldn't just vote for it if if just because you're like oh i can smoke like people need to think about what they need to have things that can protect them um and, and you were talking about something um uh, because I, I, I had to stop us in the conversation because it was getting good, and I'm like, I got to record this. So um, you were saying previously that like the the anti legal side says, well, what are you going to do? They're going to put you out of a job, and uh, right. and I think that's and I think that's why because it is possible. But I think you know we something that is alarming to me in Colorado is the amount of DUIs that go on because police are just kind of abusing cannabis users. They're not, um, there's nothing to protect you. Um, people, you know, you, you want to have it. So release jail, like what, what do you think? Um, if, if, if people are for, you know, what, what should people look for when, when voting on a, a subject like legalization, like what do you, in your opinion, well, I really respect your legalization opinion. is a very, very um, difficult subject in a way. Um, while all these years we've been fighting for, oh, legalize, legalize, there was never, we've never approached the government with the framework of legalization. Um, we just said you got to change the law. And unfortunately, that's kind of how we've, we've been uh, responsible for that. Yeah. So now the governments are eyeing legalization. Well, there's a couple of reasons why are they doing that? Well, one is because it's not so taboo a subject and the public has much more acceptance. But the big picture, and I think this is what people forget, governments don't often do things because they're right or because the people want them. There's usually an ulterior motive. And in this case, it's the money. Yeah. It's the, ta it's the tax revenue. Um, and again, when you... And if you're over-regulating something like that, you uh, then again they're after control. Um, and a very uh, you know something the history repeats. We're all 
will kind of agree with that statement. So look what happened after alcohol prohibition, the Volstead Act was repealed in the United States. Who got rich? Yeah. A very few small group of people who created these large distilleries. Absolutely. Now, obviously in this industry, the same thing is going to be eyed by the powers that be. So we as activists need to, like legalization is good because once legalization comes though, it opens the door to litigation and of course to lobbying the government to change the rules. Yeah. So we have... We've, like, to me, like honestly, to me, it's like, look, I've been doing this activity. I've been partaking in this activity even though it was illegal because I knew it was an unjust morality. I knew it was a, it was a phony phony law. There was no moral morality behind it. Like most of us did, yes. Yeah, and it's... The reason for, you know, the penalties. Exactly. Uh, the penalties definitely didn't, um, you know, were not meted out in accordance to the crime. I mean, really. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, I've already been taking this risk. Why would I... Why would I, for all that time, have put myself in danger of being harassed by, you know, the law or by the state, just so I could I could smoke smoke an eighth of weed and be okay or or something like that? Well, and that that's a good point. Uh, as the fact that it's illegal now, you're in that position where you can be harassed, and under what I call quasi legalization or a government model legalization. Well, that's not really legalization in, at all. No. Um, you know, like, uh, it's, it, if, if alcohol is legal, uh, that's because I can make beer and wine at home if yeah. I choose. I mean, it's, here's the thing. Is, in Canada, anybody can make beer and wine at home for personal use. But, and a lot of people drink. But still, it, only one, less than 1% of the population that drinks st makes their steady supply of beer and wine at home. Yeah, and so that's a very, very, very small number when you think of the amount of people that drink beer and wine. Absolutely, that's like that's next to nothing. Absolutely, and even looking in um, the United States now, so something that's really interesting to me is now that like the the drinking laws, it's only taking um almost a hundred years to make the drinking laws become more lax again after prohibition. Like now, you see the rise of uh, micro craft breweries, and they're taking a lot of market share away from the larger distributors, the larger companies that have been making money for years and years and years. But and, if you look at overall, what they're taking away is still like what one percent? Yeah, and it's that's still nothing. Not, it's that's nothing. It is absolutely. It doesn't even affect the market share. Like it doesn't even affect the stock price. It's almost. It almost doesn't even affect the company. Yeah. The yeah. brewery here, we've had craft beers and wineries going forever. But all the big wineries, all the big breweries, they're still making record profits. People are drinking more than ever. Yeah, and, and so it's, uh, to me, you know, why not, when you're going to vote something to legislation, why, don't, why not vote something then that gives you that power immediately? I mean, look, well, there's, there's still going to be big businesses that are going to come in and try to make money off of it. but Absolutely. And I think there's room for everybody in this. I think so, too. I think that's, that's, what, it's, that's what it should be about. It should be about, you know, look, if, if, if I want to have a collection of my favorite strains that, because I'm not personally, like, personally, like, I am not 
I, I am not a champion in the sense of I can't smoke every day. Like I, uh, I know my tolerance and I know my limitations. Like I enjoy it when I do it. And I, and I, th and I think that people deserve to have that freedom for sure. But for me, I like to collect stuff. Like I like, I like f good food. I like good beer. I like, I like good bud. So I want to have a collection of my favorite buds. So whenever I do choose to smoke, I should, but underneath like most legalization things like the amount that you're only allowed to have to me is just an it's just offensive it's like i don't even really smoke i just want to have a lot on hand for me to to enjoy it yeah. well you know like again like i said the, the, you have to start somewhere yeah so by allowing some type of legalization in a way by voting i mean i can understand not voting it in because it was cartel oriented yeah. I mean, that in a way makes sense to me, but at the same time, once you do have legalization, then you have litigation. That is so you true. Can turn sue. This is the whole thing I'm getting at. Um, now, here in Canada, for instance, you know, we have our new government. Uh, Harper is now nothing but a bad memory. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and with Justin Trudeau's, you know, come out. And of course, the talk all around the world is about him legalizing marijuana. And of course, all the other things, you know, he wants to tear down the oil industry, get into green energy and all the other great things that we're, we support. But uh, as far as legalization, you know, I mean, we're all here in Canada, like, oh, what, when's it coming? What's it going to look like? But, you know, like right now, we have quasi sort of legalization with this um, medical program here in this country. Yeah. And I mean, that program in 14 years was taken, we took it to court nine times and won. Um, you know, and the government did very little to fix it and we're at the point now where the government's tried to get out of the medical marijuana game in canada altogether and forcing us all to buy from these large uh, producers people that have applied and been granted licenses from the government they're called licensed producers and they're usually large-scale operations um there is a lot of problems because while the government got out of the business of weed they're telling all these, there's a huge book of regulations on how the marijuana is, has to be grown <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> and it, which, you know, and then there's like a moisture content. It can't have anything more than something per 0.05% moisture when it's shipped, which is really overly dry. Like any good grower will tell you that that bud's been dr too dried out. It's not fresh. It's, you know, like the, the quality goes down. So, uh, I agree there is room for large licensed producers and people who want to go that route i don't believe that a mom and pop grow specializing in a really you know high-end bud at smaller uh, amounts is any threat to these people no but the government wants to uh outlaw that the only threat is though i see you no know, here it is again is true legalization is anybody who wants to grow a few plants in their backyard or their house can't yeah and if everybody who who wanted to did well then the value of marijuana is a dollar a gram now, which is, that's what true legalization is. Yeah. But I don't see that coming in our lifetime, but we're almost, we're there. We're, we're at the beginning of climbing that hill. Yeah, I agree. And I, because there was a really interesting bill, um, that was, uh, responsible Ohioans or, or in the, it, that's what was an interesting thing with the new thing that came through. But their whole thing was regulate it like a vegetable. Like it's a plant grows in the earth. It should be regulated like a plant that grows in the earth. 
and like regularly like tomatoes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, of course the uh, the staunch conservative part of Ohio voted that, that like found so many well, ways to get that off the ballot. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but it's I but, mean that's what it is though. It's just a plant. I mean, imagine you know I being like really into urban farming and, and growing food now. I mean, like it's so clear to me that. If you want good food, go to a farmer's market from a small, you know, a smaller family farm and you're going to get way better quality food. And it's it, it to me it's the same exact thing. It's no different with blood because it, with bud because it's it's a plant. Like look well, it, it's an interesting that's a good point you made because uh sorry to to stop you but you're um, fine. Yeah, it's because uh you know, we we've had this conversation with someone else before. I've had this conversation and it's funny because the first thing that I came out of my mouth with, I think just an involuntary, I was trying to be just humorous was I said, Oh, if, okay, let's regulate it like coffee because coffee is a plant and it's also a drug and everybody drinks it every day. They yeah. line it's, they line, they go to stores to line up for it in the morning. Yeah. You can't tell me that's not a drug it's... and look, and so let's regulate it like coffee because really I feel it's it's no more. Uh, it doesn't have any stronger effects on you than drinking a bunch of coffee. No, it's, it might be the opposite of coffee, but I mean, still, it, the the overall effect is probably impairs you about as much as coffee impairs you. I I hundred percent agree, and and I think um I I just think it's it's uh <laughs> I mean just when you think about how silly it is, and I know people talk about it all the time, but it's it's just a plant, but it's a plant that actually has some awesome benefits i mean i look at um there's this strain it's a, it's a drug i mean there's no yeah. question that the plant yeah. has you know therapeutic and psychoactive uh, properties absolutely but, absolutely uh, like so like so many other plants that we you know <laughs> that we use every day and i mean most of our drugs uh, have come from plants yeah you know our pharmaceutical drugs have been you know things are coming out of plants and things so i mean yeah, I, I agree. I think you know people need to respect that. And but I and and I think though, like looking at like the benefits of letting just just like people that know what they're doing cultivate the plant and figure out the benefits. I mean, I look at there's this uh, there's like I guess Israel is one of the few places that they've really because I guess they've been able to be doing practices with uh, like just with growing and. Uh, developing strains more than a lot of other countries just because it's always it's been unregulated there for a while or it's been like in favor of that for a while and the yeah, their government supports the, the the studies of you know finding new medicines and new cures israel's kind of involved in that there are a lot of good medical people there yeah and there's so, this uh there's this one strain they don't restrict the study of it no and there's this one strain uh midnight and it has like 30 it has like a crazy high cbd a really good thc count and it's like it's all because people have been allowed to, to study that so now when they talk about cbds and everything else like that it's like you know you you can actually get to the the uh nuts and bolts of what's going on um but uh i i just distracted myself there mick um but <laughs> anyways uh uh what i was going to ask you is so what is the talks with when legalization or when that would take place in uh, in Canada right now with Trudeau, like, do you think that's all been fluff, or do you think it's he's really going to do that, or what? What? what oh is no, I I think I honestly think the way things have been going, like, and this is just into the first week of the new government. Um, first of all, he's uh, put a cabinet behind them that is phenomenal. He's put a doctor as the minister of health. 
uh, the science minister now is actually a scientist. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so he, he surrounded, I mean, and this is talk is going around the world. Like people can't believe the, the, the cabinet that he's got going on with him now. His, the people he surrounded himself with are extremely good people. I mean, he's even come out and made a statement. We're going back to governing by science and facts. <laughs> really? I mean, people are like, really? That's been 10 years. We haven't heard that. So with the science that's available and the facts, he also, you know, he's spoken with people in our community about cannabis. He's not stupid about the drug. He knows about pot, like regardless whether he may or may not have used any. He <laughs> cares. That nobody cares. It's just the fact is he knows what he's talking about. He's not a stranger. He doesn't say stupid things about marijuana like politicians often do. Doesn't matter. He has to play a fine balancing act to keep his popularity amongst everybody. He's going to have to come up with some kind of legalization that's going to keep us, the, the users, happy and at the same time keep the prohibitionists from climbing the walls and crying foul. Yeah. So it's got to be. Now, you know, there's a lot to this. Of course, the prohibitionist side is very small. Um, it's a very limited, you know, small percentage of people in the country of voters really believe in prohibition. Every, most people want some kind of regulation. Like last night, I was at a party where a woman, we were talking about marijuana, and she literally just said right out loud to the whole room, I don't want my 18-year-old daughter smoking pot. <laughs> and the girl beside me whispered to me, and she goes, I wonder if her daughter really gives a shit what her mother wants. <laughs> because at 18, if you're going to smoke pot, the last thing that going through your mind is, gee, I wonder what my parents are going to think. You already know what they're going to think. They're, oh, boy, they better I hope they don't find out is what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? I mean, put yourself as 18. What, what did you think? You would say to your, I hope my parents don't find out, or, oh, I better not. My parents might find out. I'll get in trouble. I'm not supposed to do that. It's one or the other as an 18 year old, but I, I just had to laugh with the girl beside me just whispered to me, do you think she gives a shit what her mother thinks? Which is really, you got to look at that part of it. Yeah. I, well, no matter what legalization the government comes out with here, it's probably going to be overregulated yeah. at least. To be, and we're going to have to fight. It'll be the, like, uh, there was talk where an age of 24, nobody under 24. Well, Nobody's supposed to be using it now without uh, a legal permit from the government for medical, but gee, that doesn't work so good anyways. So to create policies that have previous failures is a joke. Yeah. So there, for instance, like saying, oh, well, nobody under 24. Well, I got news for you. I'd buy my weed from someone under 24. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know guys growing it under 24. So like, this is retarded. You can't come up with stupid things because anytime... The government is going to come out with a legalization scheme. It's got to reflect society and the way things are already. So rather than try to prohibit to under 24s, have an education program. I, uh, I you agree. know, and talk to people and, and, and use peer pressure and things other, which is what has worked in the tobacco industry, for instance, where teens are not picking up cigarettes like they used to and starting smoking. You know, in the states, I think it's they still try to do scare tactics with cigarettes, and I don't know if it, why the states public service seems to have the opposite effect most of the time. Um, but I, I think education is always the key. I think it's always instead of demonizing it, let's have a let's have an adult conversation about it. Um, and exactly. I, 
exactly yeah and, and i think that that's that's always going to be the key to to anything and um and you know something else that you know just listen to you saying there like it's it's always going to be a fight until actual legalization takes place which is which is like something that you know i i always think about like i, I feel like for me because i i did just vote no on this one thing and I was thinking about, you know, what what are my terms? What would be acceptable to me? And well, uh, are you acceptable with coffee shop model? Yeah, I'm I'm totally there down with go. the coffee that's shop why, model. That's why we say coffee shop model because true legalization will be. And like you would say, how are they going to regulate it? Well, regulate it like coffee. And if you ask yourself, well, do I need a permit to go buy coffee? No. But. Do you ever do you see six year olds or ten year olds buying pounds of coffee at Starbucks no. or, or lattes? No. So the point I'm getting another point is if you also it's very true, a lot of kids or younger people, when you talk to them about marijuana, they laugh at you. Oh, that's my parents' drug. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Kids you know, the more normal you make it or if you make it like coffee, it loses its danger. Uh, it's danger, it, right? Well, no, it loses the, the appeal because yeah. it's not dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it gets to the point where those who want to use it, use it and get involved in it. And that becomes part of their life, like coffee aficionados or like people who smoke fine cigars. It doesn't matter what it is. If that's what you are, wine, people who like to drink fine wines or, or people who sample whiskeys or any of these things, it doesn't matter what the behavior is. Or if you like to tinker with motorcycles, the fact is, you're not hurting anybody else. You're not doing a whole lot of harm to yourself. Well, for the most part, if you don't, you know, abuse things too much. Yeah. But really, we don't need these all these regulations and policing over a simple plant. And the only reason is that they are even keep that in is because they want to control it. Yeah. They it, can't say, "Oh, we're going to legalize it. It's okay. Pot's fine." No, they have to, we're going to legalize it, but you still need strict controls and we got to keep it away from children and God help you if you drive a car and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's not legalization, guys. That's just a stroke job to make it look like you're being progressive politicians. But in fact, it is doing nothing. It's yeah. ensuring that you've got to keep this going for another 10 years and we can keep fighting and arguing and, and wasting gazillions of dollars on this rather than just put it behind us and move forward. Yeah. No. That's what it boiled down to, but I mean, you were never, we were never going to see that kind of a flip. It doesn't, things don't ever work that way. It's a long, slow, uphill, <laughs> pushing a rock uphill battle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and, and I was going to ask you too, because I go to Canada quite a bit, like just to, but mainly to Toronto, like what are the, because I remember last time we were talking about, um, you had just recorded a video and you people in the community gave you crap because you were smoking while you were driving. What are, what are the, how do they do DUIs for cannabis in Canada? Because here it's, it's really out of control right now. First of all, it, it, it's individual provinces like the States, uh, cover the driving rules. Yeah. Um, which actually, which is what we were kind of thinking the government might do is they'll take cannabis from the criminal code, the federal code and put it into the health code. And then of course it, the, it goes to each individual provinces to set up their own rules, like much like the States. Okay. But so the DUI thing again is also, uh, uh, handled individually by the province, depending on your motor vehicle act for your province. So in British Columbia here, um, they can demand 
uh, a blood test. And uh, if they, if the, and they, first they have to bring a cop who's a drug recognition expert. <laughs> That's an actual title. And he comes and evaluates you. Does a roadside evaluation. I guess checks your, you know, much like a sobriety test. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I think that's just a crock of shit. These guys went to school for half a day and got some, some accredited, but I think, yeah, yeah. Oh, things to look for in a, maybe a stone person. Well, <laughs> most of the things they're looking for could be anybody impaired by anything. So it could be a physical impairment. Absolutely. So anyways, they, then they come and if they deem that you might be under the influence of drugs or they can request a blood test. And if you refuse, you're, it's an automatic charge. So you get charged with it like an impaired anyways. Yeah, so, it's but a, I mean, I don't know anybody who yet who's been charged with ca- impaired cannabis driving for impaired on cannabis. Like, I don't believe they put the law in a couple of years ago. I don't believe anybody's been charged under it yet. Actually, gone through it and had to like found guilty of it. That's good. And another because you know, I mean, and when they first brought the law in, I uh, called one of my lawyer buddies. And he was laughing. He said, hey, you get charged. Call me right away. Don't worry. Because here's the thing. The, they can't prove. Like, that's why they haven't taken it to court. No one's been charged because the law would have been thrown out immediately. Because of two things. You can't prove when I last smoked. Pot can stay test positive. You can test positive 30 days after using. Well, I can clearly say there was no impairment. And the other thing is, they're going to ask the cops. Well, was why did you notice any impairment when he before you pulled him over? The guy's going to say no. <laughs> he was driving fine. It wasn't like he was weaving down the road and uh, <laughs> he ran a stop sign, unless that is the case. But you know, if you're driving and you're used to driving and smoking, see, I drove a taxi for 13 years. Yeah, and I guarantee you, I smoked. The entire time. <laughs> and I often tell people, oh no, I tell people that when I pass my driver's test, so I have a, I have air brakes. I used to have a professional driver's license, drive big trucks. And I always tell people, uh, no, I never stopped smoking when I took that driver's test. I, nothing changed. I've smoked pot every way, everything I've done, you know, since I was a young person, I never stopped smoking pot. So whether it was drive a car or get a license to do this or that or my first aid ticket or any of those things or any of the degrees or diplomas or anything that I own or have or have achieved, I never stopped smoking pot and I have those things. So something tells me there's not much impairment there. Yeah. You know, how can I pass a driver's license? Oh, gee, I'm taking my driver's test. Maybe I better stop smoking pot for a week. Said nobody ever. At <laughs> all, you know, people just oh, I won't smoke right before I go do my test. Up, if probably is not a good idea, and most people wouldn't do that. But it doesn't mean oh, I have a license now. I'm never going to smoke again. Yeah. So people smoke and drive all the time, and there is no, there's no data that shows that this is a big problem. Unlike many other things, for instance, cell phone use and driving. There's dead. There's data there that shows that that causes. Accidents and death. Yeah, it's a but really it's, bad it's, problem. <laughs> and you can't tell me that, uh, I mean, really, all these years, these decades of prohibition that they haven't tried to accumulate that data to use as a scare tactic? Yeah, they would have had to. On the roads from, I mean, where's the headlines? Carnage on the roads from marijuana use. They don't have them because everybody would have a really good laugh. <laughs> they would have the exact <laughs> opposite effect of what they're trying to achieve. So the scare tactics of the prohibitionists, even they know they can't go that far. 
So why would the government come out and start talking about impaired driving? I mean, the whole thing is a joke. Anytime someone talks about impaired driving and marijuana, I just I, I point and laugh and immediately think, wow, I thought you were smart. Now I think you're an idiot. <laughs> so I, do. I, I try to just publicly embarrass them. I just look at them like you are a complete fool. I used to think, you know, I valued your opinion once before, not now. <laughs> so I honestly will not have an intelligent conversation with anyone about impaired driving on marijuana because there's, first of all, there's so much, a lot of studies out there to the contrary. Yeah. Marijuana drive. Are slower, they pay more attention, and they tend to follow the rules like directly. Yeah, I, I know in my experiences that's what I have done, and uh, and I think and the reason why I want to bring that up because in uh, Colorado they just used that uh, they've DUIs are going through the roof right now, and it's just like the state is trying to it's like they're trying to make as much money as they can off of legalization, not just the taxes, but we're going to tax you in a different way. We're going to give everybody DUIs. And, um, and, and, and listening to you talk about that, it really is going to take you know people getting a DUIs, going to court, and asking them to prove scientific data to show that they're actually in, impaired with that blood test. And I, cause exactly. I, I have multiple issues with a blood test for multiple reasons. Um, I mean, even if somebody consumes alcohol, I have reason. I have, I have issues with a cop just being able to, or the government just being able to say, we want to know what's in your blood. Like, I think to me, I, that's, I don't, I don't like that either. No. no, I mean, that's just, it's super, uh, super, super, uh, invasive. Um, yeah, very invasive. and I think that, uh, you know, so, and, and, you know, just listening to you say that, I think it's like one thing that I think, I think, I guess a bigger threat, I think for the community is a legalization bill comes in and people stop fighting. And I think that's like just from us talking so far and like um, just because, you know, I mean, I know you've been an activist for so long and it's <laughs> and it's like it's it's interesting to think because it's like, OK, so so another hard day's working at nine to five blue collar dollars for the fan which I provide not a white picket fence yet it all makes sense to unwind for being tense light up the incense huh. choose again and so react brown sus twist the bud wind down give me a nice buzz few toes eyes closed and hell nice and slow got the solid road to bamboo Electric relaxation on Mother Nature's volume straight from the earth. Got that medicine flowing through my veins since birth. Unprescribed seeds come in gold and green. Personal use not for sale. Purchase a nice bell, rather spend it on this than buying some cocktails. Yes, indeed. The essence I breathe is a pleasure I crave when I light up the blaze. When it's time to approach, I light another one. Letting me live, it's nothing in this world like having a peace of mind 
behind that place saw peace and calm Lounging with my feet up, white and gray shell So Adidas, chilling, sweats on the white beater Mac in my laptop, slingbox connect Watch Jeter hit a home run over the fence That's when I rolled another doobie in, no puff puff pass Every now and again I mix weed with hash Yes indeed, the essence I breathe Be that pleasure I crave when I light up the blaze THC qualifies me for a PhD Cause I'm hands on when I study Blowing smoke in my study Thick as a fog on a midsummer's night When the weather is warm But not fuck with the ball Cause it's too strong Especially when it's Arizona Gold from Tucson No sticks and stems Just heavy sour Hawaiian eye puff on splits of Maui Blowing that bubble gum Calm not troublesome The weed man loving them Greeting them not mean mugging them Twisting pretzels minus the salt I'm as high as a gymnast doing flips and somersault Tranquil is my feet in the sands of Antigua Lifted off the kick of the stairs of Sunny Chiba Yes indeed, the essence I breathe Be that pleasure I crave when I spark and blaze Another one.